Welcome to Small Bites Radio with Donato Marino and Derek Tim. We hope you're hungry. to another show, Wildfire Radio, Small Bites with Donato Marino, DNL Bean, to Barista Service and co-owner of Terry's Two Bar and Grill, 1541 Chester Pike, Falkroft, PA. And I turn over the mic to the only one and only. Oh, Derek Tim of BlueJeanFood.com. And Don, we, it's been a month since I've seen you. I know, you were out seeing the world. Nicaragua, a lot of different places. And my, oh my, have things changed. Yes, they have. New I'm, studio. You're in the, well. I lost some weight. <laughs> yeah, looking better than ever. And you call it a studio. I like to call it Taylor's bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> that we've uh, that we've uh, joined here. <laughs> that we've even taken Taylor from behind the glass. Yeah. And uh, now, we could, now we could throw things at him. Yeah. No. No. He's within arm's reach yeah. for us to uh, touch. Looking better than ever over there, Taylor. Might not even need a microphone. You could just yell answers to us now. <laughs> uh, but welcome. I'm glad that uh, we're here. It's a wonderful rainy night in the tri-state region. Maybe snow tomorrow. Yeah. Oh. Boo to the Eagles. We're not even going to talk about, about that. My goodness gracious. But uh, this is our final show of uh, 2019. And what a year it was. It was a fantastic year. We had lots of big-name guests. Robert Irvine was certainly mm. a uh, highlight to talk to him. Uh, many other. I can't think of anyone else in the current <laughs> moment, but. But we're all famous. They're, they're they're all they're all famous in their own right, aren't we? <laughs> aren't yes. we all? Yes, we are. But I have to say that tonight, uh, being the final show of 2019, we came up with a little concept that may, may be a little fun. And I certainly felt the festivities of all of our guests. I saw walking in with a little mummer strut in their step. A little like, music in the background. So uh, tonight it's going to be all about the mummers, and we thought, who better than one gentleman who feeds the mummers? Because it is mostly a food-based program. Yes, it is. And I say he has the, one of the most biggest hearts in the, in the city when it comes to supporting the mummers parade. Oh, that is great to hear. And uh, I have not only does he have the biggest heart, I heard that he pleases many stomachs. Yes, he does. World-renowned for those meatballs, I've been told. And that would be Angelo Lutz, the owner and executive chef of Kitchen Consulier in Collingswood, New Jersey. Welcome. Greetings and salutations. Thank you, thank <laughs> you. And you also are the uh, consulier to go at Freilinger Food Hall. Yes, down at the uh, Bowen Hall, we do. Uh, we're the exclusive caterer to Freilinger. We feed the band and uh, for all their events, and we do. Uh, all the catering and run the hall for them for their rentals so let's before we get into food 
let's get stay with the mummer theme. How did you get involved with the mummers? Uh, I guess it was. Um I guess in 1978, I had an uncle, uncle, we have Uncle Charlie. Everybody, I guess, has an Uncle Charlie. Everybody's so, got one. Charlie Cava. Uh, and uh, he his career in the Mummers goes all the way back to the, uh, I guess, the old mother clubs and the brigades. And this brigade isn't around anymore. It was Top Hat. And I think they fell under the, were they under the Landy? I, I, I'm not familiar. I, I, don't, I, I, I remember them. I, I don't, don't know if they followed. Well, why don't you introduce yourself, the, yeah. voice, the, the voice over there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Dennis Pellegrino with the Murray Comic Club. There you go. So the, the, brigades bro, the parade's broken up in divisions. Back then it was, uh, back then it was comics, uh, the comic division, and then there was the fancies. Then there was the string bands and the brigades is basically how it was back mm, then. Yep. And... Uh, so the, he was in what they called the fancy brigades, and then they belonged to what was called the mother club. So uh, he started out back then in the brigades, and then he was going to—he was friends with all the guys from the Durning String Band. They used to have a a uh, a uh, block party every year up to Eisminger Street, where he lived to earn money. And uh, he wanted to got out of the brigades. Uh, I don't know whether brigade was breaking up or they were they were becoming a new brigade called the Entertainers. And um, he decided he was going to join the string band. So uh, I had played, I learned to play clarinet in uh, in St. Monica grade school. You, you know, you learned an instrument. The, I forget the name of the company that came along. They gave you an instrument. You paid 4 or $5 a week, $3 a week. The rent to own, uh, Edward Kahn. Kahn. And, and, and it took how long to own that thing? Yeah. It seemed like yeah. you were so, <laughs> it was great, great gimmick with the archdiocese. Yeah. They were getting their cut, too. So anyway, and that's what happened. And uh, at that time, uh, I started to, uh, you know, that's a woodwind instrument where it's easy to go from clarinet to sax. And... Uh, and then he took me around, and uh, I went to the Durning String Band. And, you know, Durning was one of those bands that it wasn't like what you call a top contender that would win every year. It was like a mediocre band. And, they, you know, they would take members easily, especially if you were just starting to learn. And you had to be, like, certain age. I hit the age requirement. And I just joined Durning String Band and, you know, joined around, and I was with Uncle Charlie, and that was it. And that is one of the things with the Mummers is – a lot of people in Philadelphia, it's a generational thing. It's uh, grandfathers, great-grandfathers were involved in it, and it's passed down from one person to well, another. Well, I'll tell you, right now, in string bands, the, the, the two biggest bands that are generational right now are Frailinger and Quaker City. It's just fathers and sons there. And, and South Philly's starting to, to become that way, too. But really, Quaker City and Fralinger, it's all fathers and sons and, and uncles and nephews and stuff like that. And one of the things that the Mummers is famous for, uh, that all of the visitors from around the world, I guess, would know the Mummers, because that everyone from Philadelphia, we all know Two Street, you go to that's where the party is after, after everything, and you have many different divisions and brigades, as you said. But... The moneymaker is the fancy brigades. Oh, I, I mean, I don't. I have to. Well, I don't know if I would say it's the moneymaker um, because all mummers are on their own now. There's no more. There's no more prize money from the city that was cut out years ago. Um, the the TV money is virtually not there. Non-existent. Um, 
as of now, there's after this year, there's no TV contract. Uh, there's no more Sugar House and this whatever this casino is called now. They don't want anything to do with the Mummers. So we theoretically have no sponsor right now. Yeah. So there's no money. And then from what I understand, you know, the Mummers Grapevine, which is about as straight as Passionk Avenue in South <laughs> Philly, yeah. um, the, the, the brigades are on their own down there because the, they're not getting any help to pay for that convention center. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to a member of another brigade today down at the Hegeman String Band. He told me these guys pay $2,500 in dues just to march with his with his yeah. fancy oh, brigade. Oh, yeah, but doesn't count the costume. That Well, no, I mean, that's what their dues are. Yeah. So imagine if you got 100 and some guys paying that, plus, you know, however else they earn money. This isn't a cheap hobby. And a lot of people don't realize how much time and energy – is invested in this it's truly for some people it's almost as much as a second job well it's that and then you have divisions like the comics and the fancies and everything that they don't get the opportunity to go out all year and earn money like the string bands go out play jobs and and earn some money then they have tons of chances and assessments and the fancy brigades it's basically all mostly assessments and stuff but like these comics and these fancy clubs and they don't they don't get that those once brigades they pay they pay the women that sews those suits and everything yeah it's it's, it's there's nothing there uh Unfortunately, it does seem as though this is going to be eventually one of those traditions that we will talk about in the past, unless there is a great turnaround somehow. I think what happened last year probably put a little black eye on the mummers, I would say, when they had all of that negative press. Uh, I think it was Mayor Kenny was pretending to be a dog or something of that nature. So I think a lot of corporate sponsors sort of didn't. But can I say something to you? He brings that on himself. Here's a, here's, <laughs> no, no, I mean, listen, uh, you know, I, I have no cut card. You know, here's a man that was a mummer, knows what it is to be a mummer, okay? And as long as I've been marching as a mummer, the mayor of the city of Philadelphia has always walked in front of either the mummers or the string bands. Even Mayor Nutter. Okay, I remember Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. This guy will not even march in front of the, uh, the any mummers. I thank God for Congressman Brady and uh, Mr. DeBaradinis and all those other people because I walk in with them every year with the string bands. Yeah. This man grew up, is, is, was in the Jokers. This man will not even march in with, he has alienated himself from the mummers. Well, so, are they trying to serve him soda at the front of the line? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, no, but I mean, my, my, well, forget that point is, is, look, politics is politics. He does what he has to do to run his city. I don't agree with it. Uh, I, I'm no longer resident of Philadelphia. But uh, but my point is, is we, you, you know, he, there he is the other day, the Thanksgiving Day Parade. He seems to pop up at every other parade but the mummers parade. Yeah. Or, he, you know, and he doesn't seem to pop up in any parade that's in South Philadelphia. Right. And I'd like to add the con uh, controversy last year with the the dog walking. That was a mimic of a comic strip that was posted in the Philadelphia Daily News. Well, yeah. I mean, but it's it's all the perception of how it gets out there. Yeah, yeah. But I, like I said, there was there was nothing wrong with that, no. uh, the way they did that. There was nothing. There was so no. It's all satire. Well, yeah. And, satire. But, but that's the problem. If you, because I know a lot of. 
uh, stand-up comics, as as you know, Don. I've, yeah. I've worked with uh, Jackie the Joke Man Martlin, who is part of this show, and there are many, many, many stand-up comics who are gun-shy to tell almost any joke this day and age because of political correctness. YouTube, people with their cell phones, they it, it it's come to the point not only for the mummers, but many different things as a whole where jokes used to be that you could tell something and people would know that it was satire and you could take it tongue-in-cheek for the most part and you would know what was bad taste yeah. or directed to be uh, whatever you want to call well, it. Well, like here's an example. Uh, there's four or five string bands that are doing ethnic themes. Uh, Quaker City's doing Egyptians. Hageman's doing Indians. Well, I agree uh, with that. No, no, listen to what I'm... It gets even deeper. Uh, Woodland's doing Cubans. South Philly's doing Gypsies. Uh, Durning is doing Mexicans. That We have to meet with the city of Philadelphia and go over our theme with them to make sure that we are not offending anyone. Yeah. And I think Quaker City is... Got, it was the best. Uh, they are doing e e hieroglyphic Egyptians, like uh, the King Tut yeah. and everything. But and, and Sammy from Quaker City's got the best saying. He goes, and who am I offending? All my people are dead. I said, wait a minute. We're going to get Ann Baxter, Yul Brenner, uh, Vincent Price, Bakken, a master builder. His people are dead. Who's he offending? You know what I mean? But you have to do it. And all this, you know, when all this started was with the Bruce Jenner incident right. years ago. And, and that's yeah. that's when all this started. And everything, like 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 Angie just said, everything today that we see is approved by the city. Yes. Yeah, so it has to be and, today. And I agree. I see, it, but I think what has to happen, and it's a shame that the city has backed off of it, is in a marketing way, uh, the mummers really have to market themselves, as Angelo and you have said, in a worldwide view, because. People who are outside of the city are not from Philadelphia, don't know the true beauty of the mummers. Once you see the fancy brigades and the string bands and the costumes and how elaborate that their sets and routines are. And I know that you'll get into this on your segment, Dennis's. It seems as though a lot of the bad press comes from the comic division, unfortunately. But the comic division isn't a whole of the mummers. The co and, and that's where it's a difficult spin because me as a Philadelphian, I want all brigades. I want all divisions out there because the comics are and the wench brigades, they are part of of the mummers. They, they tried to diversify and they put this Philadelphia division. What a disgrace that was. It was one year. One uh, year at least. And it was a one and done. And listen, the, it, it all comes down to one group and you gotta love them. Finnegan. Yeah, they're Finnegan. the best. Yeah. It's so. Finnegan. It's like you're waiting every, it's like you're waiting for the halftime show <laughs> at the Super Bowl. It's Finnegan. They're the best. You gotta love them. And I, I know uh, I'm good friends with Finnegan and I know, and I know everything they do is to try to get a laugh. It's never to be, you know, it's never for shock value. Well, what are they going to do about Mayor Kenny this year to uh, get yeah. a laugh? Yeah. That's what it is. They're, they're coming out of it again this year. year Dress them up like a soda bottle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, like I said, they, uh, they, they do it. Uh, they do what they do to, uh, you know, 
basically for the love of it, and, and they try to get a laugh out of everybody. Exactly. They try not to offend anybody. We know yeah. we say at the meetings sometimes, and my friend Sammy and Frankie Quinn from Quinn's Flowers uh, are sitting next to me down in South Philly. Let's give him a plug. Good guy. <laughs> Maybe get him to sponsor the show. Good guy. Yeah. Anyway. I, I love flowers. <laughs> yeah. I heard they're so, the best. <laughs> so anyway, you know, we're talking about our fan base. I sit in the back. I go, our fan base. Let's go to St. Peter and Paul. Holy Cross. Let's dig them up. That's where the fan base is. It's gone. Yeah. What they got to do is bring that parade back to South Philly in some way, shape, or form. I agree. And Denny Palandro from the South Philly String Band, he's got the race thing. You want to make this parade better? Take away the prizes and don't take take away the competition because that's what's ruining it with all the props and everything else. And some and to some extent, he's right because we kill ourselves to compete. Compete. And 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 now. Every, the, 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 you know, the, the, again, the, the, the mummer's grapevine. Don't be surprised if this place on Packer Avenue don't make a bid and try and bring that parade down Packer. Start on, start down around maybe uh, Methodist. Down no, maybe oh, around. Down, there, no. <laughs> down broad and around. Well, yeah. Try and start, make a bid. Try and bring it. The talk is maybe down around Wolf Street, Oregon, and then march it down, down Packer Avenue and have the, the judging there. I mean, you don't know. Somebody throws a half million dollars yeah. at you. Yeah. See, it's like lobbying in Washington. Yeah. They lobby for it. Money talks. And you know what? Yeah. Ozzie Meyer said it best. And I think if you can get the younger generation, it's easier said than done, uh, to really get technology involved, Snapchatting and, and all of this. It, it seems as though uh, the Mummers is deep in tradition, but the newer things that millennials and things are looking for uh, hasn't been pushed in a way that... Well, the string bands and the fancy brigades... Well, the fancy brigades do it around this time of the year, but the string bands got a uh, kind of publishes social media guy. Dave Grabowski does a great job. The, we, we, I don't know, they got like 60,000 people on the Facebook oh, page. Oh, yeah, yeah. They do these little things on Facebook where they when they're putting their videos up, I know you see we do the imprints and stuff. It's what you got to do. You oh, got to get with, people with, out there. Without a doubt. But uh, let's go for... Your most memorable mummer moment of your life. One. Uh, well, I guess it's got to be the. It, it would. It would definitely have to be the the golden Buddha. Yeah. I mean, it was. It was. Uh, it was. It was the moment of all moments. Uh, you know, I just had a good time. The the God rest his soul, Danny Kosher from the Italian American String Band. He says to me, you know. You know, we're gonna. We want you to march, be a character, and this and that. I said, yeah. And what are you gonna be? And they said, we're gonna make you the Golden Buddha. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, what do you gotta do? Nothing. <laughs> they said, sign gonna, me up. We're yeah. gonna paint you gold. And I, you know, and uh, and it was it was just from start to finish. They had little rollers of gold paint. They were rolling me all day long. The girls, my friend Mary from the, we had women in Italian American all day long. Go they more makeup. They were rolling me gold. I was scrubbing gold out of my pores for like six weeks. <laughs> I mean because they used like a liquid. It was yeah. like the liquid gold and like put it in a little paintbrush and then you know you're lucky you didn't grow a third arm and, or something. And then and then I never rehearsed with the band. Never ever rehearsed with the band because I'm just that type of person. They would say, like, what, what, they, and Danny said, just leave him alone. 
When he gets in front of it, we don't know. They leave him alone. He'll just do it. And I just— It worked perfect. It worked it perfect. Did. And then, you know, and you know, Perry DiMatteo won first prize captain that year. And, uh, like, it just—it was just a moment of moments. Like, you know, it just—it it blew him away. That's great. That's great. That was so it. I and then remember that, after all these years. And then yeah, and that, and that's what happened. Like, the day—that first day on the radio after that— I'm front page of the Daily News, and now I'm, that's how I, I got that. into Wing Bowl. Yeah. Because they said, the, I didn't even have to eat, like, eat worms or anything. Oh, this guy's <laughs> got to be in Wing Bowl. And that's how I got into Wing Bowl, and I brought the whole band in, and that's how it all happened to, that I got into Wing Bowl. That's great. And to talk about things that are golden, obviously the golden goose for you these days is the kitchen consigliere. Yes, uh, when uh, – when I came home from my little college education, it was nine years the government paid for, I uh, had started doing these little videos with Philly.com with Jim Barry. And uh, from there, you know, uh, got opted. Everybody wants to give you a TV show and everything. And then videos were popping off. And then I decided, I said, I want to open up a restaurant. Never did it before. I was a caterer by trade. Started the Kitchen Consigliere in 10, 2010, a little place on 8 Pal Lane in, in uh, Collingswood. Three years later, an opportunity came on 700 Haddon Avenue. We just transformed the restaurant, opened up a bigger footprint. I'm now in my ninth year, and uh, it's going great. Getting ready to open up another one. And obviously, uh, beloved Open Table Awards, TripAdvisor Excellence Award. Number one in Collingswood, yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, and how much bigger was the place on Haddon Ave compared to? Well, we had about 37 seats in um on, on pal lane we went to about 96 wow on, triple right and uh and then washington township's going to be about 160 to 180 that's got to be daunting and pot and, and yeah it's it's yeah but uh, what you know the you know the old saying when given lemons make lemonade so you know the the they had an avenue's my whole past, you know, the whole mob thing and all. The one in Washington Township's a totally different footprint. It keeps the kitchen consigliere brand, but it's called Gennaro's. So it's a little bit different. It's all about family. Is it going to be uh, same uh, area of cooking expertise, or are you going to get more well, northern? Still, well, or, well, what northern, uh, southern? Well, I'm a red gravy joint, you know. <laughs> I, cook with my, I just uh, We just take dishes, and I just create stuff like, you know, We've been doing a lot with Chilean sea bass uh, medallions. Like, you know, why have no waste when you cut a Chilean sea bass piece? You know, you're going to have trimmings and everything. So we've been doing a lot with that. So <clears throat> what I did this uh, past couple weeks was it's holiday time. So uh, fennel, anise, you see a lot in the markets. So we've been shaving it down, roasting it, and um, in the oven with olive oil, getting all, all of the oils out of it, roasting our own tomatoes in the oven, like little grape tomatoes, like making our own uh, sun-dried tomatoes, yeah. kind of. So I just said, let's take those trimmings, baby shrimp, and crab meat. Then we got black squid ink pasta. We put the fennel and the tomatoes, white wine, garlic, and we made a pasta dish. It's flying out. That's the type of stuff. We just experiment and come up with dishes. Like chicken piccata is chicken piccata. Chicken marcella is chicken marcella. But most of my dishes are just things we try six, seven times till we get it right. And your signature dish, sausage meatball. Yeah. Where did I, that come from? So um, when I came home, 
you know, and I just don't get the white elephant out of the room. When I came home from prison, nobody wants to help you. Nobody wants to do anything for you. You know, you're kind of like out. You're set up for failure. And um, so I was always friends with Tony Maglio. God rest his soul. We used to call him the goon. And this son, Anthony. God re uh, Tony's gone. So when I came home, I wanted to start doing catering. I was getting little jobs here and there, and I didn't really have much money. So I went around, and I saw Anthony. I said, Ann, he said, Angelo, sign for whatever you need. Get yourself back on your feet. So I would get a job, cater. When I got paid, I would go in and pay Anthony for the sausage or the frivolone, whatever I bought. So I started. Once I started opening up the – got the opportunity to open the restaurant, you know, and that's a whole lot of another story. You could read it all on the website, how I did it. Um, of course, I'm using Maglio Sausage. He's, he's my, my dear friend. So um, I had one of the old world dishes is polenta and sausage. That's a great dish. So it's a great dish. Yeah, great you know, dish. it's it's a peasant dish. It's what oh, my mom used to make that every winter. Listen, I that's wait when you were growing came. up poor. <laughs> no. When you were growing up poor, they poured on the table yeah. and you got a little square and don't take somebody else's square because <laughs> they had no money. <laughs> so basically what you would do is you would saute some sausage and the sausage meat. So they would then they would pull the meat out of the casing, saute it, add gravy, and then they would cornmeal. They would make a thick cornmeal and pour it on the table and let it set. Then pour the sausage meat on top of it. Then they would get like a wire, and they would cut squares or cut it with a knife, polenta knife. So we were doing that because it was a peasant dish. So Anthony had the capability, the fact that he made the sausage down on Front Street to give me the sausage before it went in the and casing. Tasting. So I ordered like 20 pounds one day. So for whatever reason, they sent 40. So the guys that work for me said, Senor, Senor, Padron, what do we do? It's 40 pounds. I said, we had an extra 20 pounds. I said, make meatballs. So he looked at me like I was crazy. I was just going to make meatballs. Mm -hmm. So I showed him what to do. Just do everything you do for the regular meatballs, which we do with beef, veal, and pork, put the breadcrumb and everything, make them. I said, now fry them. So now they were going to get ready to put them in the gravy. I said, no, 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 no. So an Italian dish that we eat, is fried sausage with broccoli dab as, as a dish. It's fried sausage and broccoli dab. And some mothers would put potatoes in it, roast some potatoes. So it would be broccoli dab with sausage and potatoes. So I said, saute the broccoli dab. I says, and then cook the meatballs, and we'll have that. I says, and then I said, that, so I tasted it. It tasted pretty good. And, and the fried, it was, it was all sausage meat. It was a meatball made of sausage. So everybody tasted it in the restaurant. So that night, I said, let's run it as an appetizer. I says, only add white wine sauce, and before you plate it, put sharp provolone on top of the meatball mm. and pour the white wine sauce. Delicious. People were going crazy. So some one customer said, boy, I wish it was a little spicy. Have hot sausage. So we really don't use hot sausage. I said, when you're sautéing it, put a couple long hots in it. We'll make it hot. Next thing you know. We're ru so running it as an appetizer with the and it's flying and flying and flying. A couple people said, "Do you have it as an entree?" I said, "Run it as an entree, two meatballs and put Jamelli pasta, and it's flying and flying and flying." So to make a long story short, it's about two months now. I take a ride down to so now I'm starting to use sausage meat. So Anthony says to me, "Yo, what are you doing with all the sausage meat?" I said, "I'm making meatballs." He looked at me like I was crazy. So about two months later, I go down. I said, "Hey, Aunt." I said, can I talk to you in, in the back a minute? And he, and he, and he talked. No, no, that's how he talks. I said, can I see in the back? Yeah, okay. So I'm going to take him into his back office. Now, as he's walking, you got to know he's going, 
So we sit in the back office. I said, I said, listen, you know I'm doing these meatballs down there. Now, I don't know how, like, production works. Because at one time, Maglio had a place before they moved to the food center down on 6th Street. And they used to make strombolis and stuff there. So I figured, they, I said, listen, you know, I got all my own brace and all that worked for me. I said, you supply the meat, I'll supply them. Let's make these sausage meatballs and sell them. I don't realize it's got to be hipper and all this yeah. other stuff about how they do stuff. So I start talking to him about it. Well, well, let's think about it. Like So now I can see he's relieved I'm not asking him for money. <laughs> Two hours later, I get a phone call. Ange, what are you doing? He goes, I got this guy, Nicky. He's like the COO over there. I want to come over and have dinner and talk to you about that meatball. <laughs> Next thing you know, Nick Triola comes over, and he's Anthony's dear friend, who now is my partner. <laughs> so let's put it that way. That's how it's evolved. Yeah. And uh, and uh, my business associate in many deals comes over, and it took a long, long process. Finally, sausage meatball goes off the ground. It's in Acme with Maglio. Wow. Partnered up with Catelli Meats. It's with Acme and Weiss and all over with Catelli. And hence, we now have the sausage meatball. So I have a feeling that that was the greatest marketing scheme Maglio's probably ever done by sending you 40 <laughs> pounds. Yeah, really. <laughs> and they said, mistake. we're going to see what Angelo does with yeah. this. Yeah, but and that's, that's it. That's isn't that amazing? That's something you were expecting 20 and it was double and you had to do something with it. And, that's, and just and out of you just... And your mind and that's that that's how the sausage meatball came we're also um we also have a couple other products in production we have sauce and jars which we're getting ready to make another run and we're about to brand our own beef and pork meatball wow kitchen consigliere beef and pork meatball so you've got all of this going on you've got a new restaurant where do you see yourself in five years uh hopefully um the brand is built the, the restaurant's good, and somebody like Darden comes along and just buys us up. <laughs> and just put it across the country. Or, you know, somebody comes along and just wants to invest in, you know, I want to put one of these here, or I want to put one of them there. And how involved would you want to be? Would, would you be willing to sell the entire? Absolutely. Write the check tomorrow. <laughs> A-N-G-E-L-O-L-U-T-Z. Put a lot of zeros behind yeah. it. I mean, it, you've definitely worked hard. You've become extremely successful. Uh, I know everyone that goes to Kitchen Confluere raves about it. So uh, congratulations. Thank you. And uh, I couldn't have seen a better person coming yeah. in to talk about yeah. the Mummers, especially how generous you are to the organization. Yeah. And uh, like you said, you're, you're catering them for goodness sakes. Yeah. <laughs> What's your is, – is sausage meatballs the, the number one on the catering menu over here? What, what's the specialty when you cater for them? You know, we just keep it – we try to keep it simple. I just – catering's real easy down there. We just give them what they want. Just tell me what you want, and I give it to you. I don't do anything special. When you cater for the mummers, here's what they want. Roast beef or roast pork, pasta, meatballs, chicken, vegetable, and potato. Yeah. And plenty to drink. And once in a, yeah, and once in a while, <laughs> kielbasa and sauerkraut. That's what they want. So, wonderful. So, how about you, Dennis? Well, obviously, we, we've got some caterers down at the uh, mummers. But what's uh, Mary Comic Club doing? Are, are you guys eating well? Well, we, uh, we don't. You know, fortunately, we have a, a, a large club. We're over 2,000-plus wow. members, so it's not like 
our biggest event where we can get together usually is at our, our banquet, our annual yeah, banquet. banquet. Where, and I have to butt in and say I was a guest this year. You were. Rich Porco, uh, Rich Porco invited me, and I have to tell you, the most fantastic banquet I've ever been to. Well run. Yeah. Jess, wow. Jessica Mazzone and the Porco family run a fantastic banquet, I have to say that. Yeah. Wow. And the tribute they did to the uh, the fallen uh, members of the Italian String Band? Yeah. Uh, South, South Philadelphia String, String Band. Band, yeah. yeah. That's our – which I, we have the foundation I'm chairman of. Yeah. Unbelievable yeah. what they did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Murray is more, you know, it's uh, broken up into – you know, in Murray, out of 2,000 members, we might, you know, you have the club captain, then you have, uh, I think it's 18 brigades, and then you have groups under that, then you have another, a bunch of other categories for juvenile, individual, best costume, uh, uh, most original character. So it's just all these branches of people that, uh, yeah, we don't, the only time we get everybody together is New Year's Day. So, yeah, it's a, it's a little, uh, what we do usually, I mean, uh, our New Year's Eve tradition, uh, Rich, you know, Rich and Jessica, and um, they're, you know, they're like family. You know, I've been with Rich since uh, for, I think, 33 years now or something like that. And um, he's like a second father to me. Jess is like my little sister. So uh, every New Year's Eve, we, uh, we, uh, we go to the bomb bomb. We take the back room there and uh, we have a little, and we've been doing that probably for 20 years. Wow. Plus, um, and uh, and then we get together. There's a small group of us, um, like maybe the heads of several clubs, and we we usually get together throughout the year. Go to you know go to dinner, do some things. So so it's uh yeah it, it's a little little harder to get everybody under one roof. So. <laughs> and you wear the crown of being the winningest comic club captain in the 119 year history of the parade. Yeah, I don't know if, if that's uh, – <laughs> if you can call me smart for doing that. <laughs> I, I took the job as captain. It's funny. Uh, I, I can remember it. Uh, it was the summer of 1996. Uh, it was like July, and um, I got a phone call. I was in the Bahamas on vacation, you know, no cell phone. So I checked in with my parents to see how everything was going, and they said, call Richie Porco right away. And, you know, I was like, okay, make sure nothing's wrong. I called Richie, and he's like, listen, our – our club captain at the time, who was uh, Mikey Anelli, because uh, he, he had a health issue. You know, he's all right. He's going to be okay, but he's not going to be the captain this year. And he goes, we had a quick meeting. We got everybody together, and uh, you're the captain for this year. And I was like, okay. So, it was, yeah. So, it was, uh, it was a one-year thing. Um, so, now I'm heading into my 24th year as captain. So, you know, the one year turned into 24 years. And, uh, you know, the first year, fortunately, I, you know, it was, I had no idea what to expect. Um, if you don't know what the club captain is, it's a one-man presentation. You get two minutes. One. Uh, there's a lot of behind the scenes, though. I have other people. You know, my. You know, I have. I couldn't do it without my brother Jerry. I have uh, Patsy Asulo, Joe Christie. I have a group of guys. They're down there. We were down there yesterday. We're down there today. We're building, getting ready for. You know, uh, on a smaller scale. You know, we we get ready. But um, that first year, I took first place, and then I've, you know, pretty much stayed on as captain and uh you know here it is you know like i said it's it's going on i think this is the 24th year so but that's that's pretty good i mean especially overseeing 2000 people did you ever think in your life that you would be a captain of uh, a group of 2000 people i i mean i'd have to give credit where credit's due i the captain is is more of the um i would say rich porco is is the head you know 
um, and Jessica, uh, that, that's his, his drill sergeant, Jessica pretty much. Mm. Jessica, when I started, Jessica was seven years old. Like I said, seven or eight years old. Now she pretty much, she's running the club. She's doing what, what she can't. Um, and between all of us, like I said, they, they, they pretty much get everything, you know, uh, do the day in and day out grind of the parade. And um, like I said, I'm there whenever they need me. And uh, New Year's Day, we help, we all join together. We help, it's, it's a job to get everybody through, um, you know, the judging stand in order, you know, and, and, and to win, you know, to and, rich. And, and to, why don't you tell those uh, that aren't aware of it, what is the criteria of judging? I wish I knew sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know what it's supposed to be, but I, I, I wish I knew there's, there's time. You're supposed to get judged on, um, uh, you know, there's, there's costume, um, theme, and then presentation. Uh, those three categories. Uh, I think it goes 40 points, 40 points, and 20 points. Um, sometimes what we see isn't always what the judges see. And so you say, well, wow, I thought that would have done better. Or I thought that I can't understand why that won. Or, um, and it's the same thing with the string bands. You know, the same thing goes with the string bands, too. There's sometimes you look and you say, wow, I, I can't believe. So it, it is all, um, uh, it all comes down to what the judges feel. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, that's what they're going to score. So if they don't like something, um, as much as everybody else may like it, it's not, it's not going to do well. Now, besides the uh, comics, what's the one division that you most look forward to seeing every year? Well, it's, it's definitely the string band. I can tell you it used to be, uh, it used to be um, the Fancy Brigades there for a long time in the 80s and, and when they were on the street with Butchie, uh, D'Amato, and, and um, now that the Fancy Brigades have gone inside, it's almost gotten too crazy now. It's 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 all digital. It's a whole production. Oh uh, yeah, it's all digital, and it's a. Um, it, it took a lot away from it. You know, it's uh, you know um, when it was on the street, there was limitations. Uh, what you could do now, there's there's no limitations at all. Most of the backdrops are being um, replaced by you know large video boards, oh, yeah. and so it, it it did take a lot out of it. Even though listen, the production costs are way higher than they were. But some of the themes, when I hear them, I, I have no idea what they are until I see it. And I am like, you know, it's these mythical themes. They're, they're very are, elaborate. Oh, they are. And they're almost too elaborate. That's why I say uh, the string bands, though, I think, and that's why I say the string bands over the last uh, decade or so, you know, I forget what it, they, you know, they allowed them. They used to be limited, no wheels on props. So they had to, they were limited to what they could do now that they have wheels. Now, you know, especially South Philly String Band and Quaker City, I mean, these productions and, and just, you know, I, I, the String Band's hands down, I, I think, to answer your question, would be what I look forward to today. So, I just want to say, for years, it was Quaker City Frailinger, Quaker City Frailinger. But what has evolved now is the, the master builders are South Philly String Band. Absolutely. They've, they have perfected the art of building because where they are housed at, they bought these pole barns that, like, the, the Pennsylvania Dutch build. Yeah. So they have these pole barns out in their building. They could build Anything. 365 days a year because wow. they have the facility. But what happened was they always had a great show. They always had a great suit. But they always lacked in music a little bit. They got the total package now. Musically, they're there. So South Philly, theoretically, is, you would say, now the the, the other bands, I think— Fear them a little bit. They'll tell you we don't fear nobody. Yeah. But 
that you have to fear them because they have it all now. Absolutely. They they have it all, and there's nobody that they they are literally going to put 50 props on the street New Year's Day. F- now, 50. That's a lot. Now, how do you think the mummers can change the perception to, as I was saying earlier, to the average person not living outside of Philadelphia? Because even visit Philadelphia for the most part markets the mummers as for visitors to go to the convention center. Right, because that's that's the, the thing that has kept the the parade from going national. The parade is a rain or it's not a rain or shine parade. So that's that's the hard part to put all the marketing dollars to get everybody in here. And especially this year, January first is is on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So all right, say so if people come in now, if the parade gets uh, postponed, it would be on a Saturday. So now you're like, okay, can you stay a couple more days? Maybe people were, maybe they're not. So it's hard to sell that exactly. nationally. Inside the 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 way it works is rain or shine, they perform, mm-hmm. and then you know they're supposed to come down the street when the actual parade comes whether or not so that's the the difference i think where that's why the city or you know the visit philadelphia might market that better because they know that's a rain or shine um event event. i mean how many years has it been since the parade's been canceled uh it's knock on wood (laughs) yeah it's (laughs) been a while but i mean listen and 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 listen if any history is going to tell you anything if they made us they put they w- they put the people on the street in the shelters because it was so cold. Right. But they made they us march. Yeah. So what's that proved to you? Yeah. You unless it's pouring, raining, or snowing, we're marching. Yeah. They don't care about us. It's no. been about 15 years. It's been uh, yeah, mid early like two, four, 2004, five, six, somewhere around there. It was uh, it was yeah, it was. I, that, that's I mean, time, it huh? was below zero, and they yeah. made us march. Yeah, I yeah. mean, and uh, the one thing I do notice too is is almost like. You know, and back when with what Angela uh, said, how you know it's twenty five hundred dollars to maybe join. It's almost like there's a shift now of a lot of these. You know, maybe the the, the kids, the younger, they can't afford that. So now they're going to comics now, and there's maybe there's just a little bit more of a resurgence now in the comics. Where, and I noticed it with my son. Now I was born and raised in Southwest Philadelphia. A lot of mummers clubs, everything. We all came out of there. My son was, you know, born and raised in Delaware County. You know, I could remember as young, you know, when he was young, he was in the parade. You know, the, nobody would even talk about the parade. His friends, you know, that was like, wh- you know, why are you doing that? Now he's in a club. He's in a brigade right now. B Love Strutters. I think they have 90 members. Um, this is probably my son's fourth year in there, fifth year with them. He's got 23 of his friends. They're all 20, 18, you know, say 19 to 21 years old. And every year it starts. It started as five, then it's seven, then it's ten. So uh, these these kids out outside of Philadelphia are saying, "Well, it was pretty fun." It's good, and they're getting their friends. And so I think that's where you're seeing the, the resurgence on the comics. Now, what can we do? You know, and I, I, and I think that's where the difficulty, as you mentioned, of losing corporate sponsors because we're talking at least 15 years ago. I used to march with Riverfront. Right. Obviously, the part of the Wench Brigade. Sure. Uh, and back then, I think it was over 300-some dollars right. to have the patch and not be able to, to march down. And as you said, for, for a one-day event, for the most part, especially just being in that brigade, because there's not a lot of practicing in the Wench Brigade, let's, let's be sure. honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty pricey, where if there was a corporate sponsorship, it could bring the cost down and probably open it up 
to more individuals. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it'll ever open up. There's. I don't think it'll ever trickle down to that. Uh, even when there was TV money, um, I know from our our standpoint, um, you know, Rich Rich Porco, the owner of our club, like, yeah, he always made sure we had a garage to build, and you know, he you know he would help you know say support the banquet and stuff like that. For it to trickle down and, and offset pricing for two thousand people, it's I, difficult. I, yeah, it's yeah, difficult, it's, but yeah. it, but at the same time, I mean, it's it, it, in this day and age, people have to decide where they're going to spend sure spend their monies. Right. So I think that that's where, like you said, your your uh, was it your son? You said who started it? No, no he didn't start it. He uh, he's. He joined it. He joined it, yeah, and now he has his friends because that's the more cost-conscious area to at least get them a foot in and then maybe go further from there. Right, and and, and the, the, the more expensive, the string bands and the, the brigades, yeah, you can help fund that with, you know, you get, you know, you get a lot of chances and fundraisers and so you can offset that and actually you can do it without paying anything yeah which some people i'm sure there's a good amount of people that do but it's the people that maybe don't you know don't sell the the chances or they don't they they feel funny going to the same people every you know and so then they end up buying them and you know it ends up costing them you know almost the whole the whole thing now this would go out to all of you what would you say is the biggest misconception of the mummers, and we'll start with you, Dennis. I, I think the biggest misconception is that yeah, everybody's a drunk, you yeah. know, they, on yeah. New Year's Day, and um, you know, Donato's a comic, so I, I mean, I've been, you know, I guess twenty-four, for yeah, back about twenty-five years or so yeah, back with Donato, at least, and then, at least. Um, you know, so, uh, and if you knew uh, the what the, the preparation that goes in now, yeah, there are some, you know, the ones, and, and maybe the Wench Brigades, like you said, they don't really have to practice, <laughs> you know, but. The, you know, a lot of the guys that I'm down there building with, they put a lot of time and a lot of effort in this. And all they want to do is say, hey, let's get to the judges. Let's do everything the right way. Let's try to win a prize. And it's all bragging rights. Like you said, there's no money. It's all it's all bragging rights. And then, you know what? After that, let's have a good time. Yeah. But but nobody's going, you know, trying to. And it's hard to police. It's hard to it's not a full blown Drunken no, foolery. No, no, day. no, no. What would you not. say, Don? No. I had to agree with Dennis. Everybody thinks there were drunks, bums. Uh, we just go up the street and have no idea what we're doing. But we start January second for the following year, trying to get everything together, thinking of new ideas, themes that nobody else thought of. How we're going to build it? Can we afford to build it? And uh, because they're all blue collar workers. Yeah. I mean, it, two, three hundred dollars to take out of your pocket. And you're like, I got my family. I got to feed. And, you know, we do fundraisers, and people don't realize how big of a heart the mummers, brigades, clubs, everybody has. And we rally around together when people get sick, get hurt, or their house catches fire. Um, we're the first ones there to say, hey, what do you need? Yeah. Here's some clothes. Here's some food. Yeah. What can we do for you? Let's go down to the pub. We'll have something for you there, raise a little bit of money to help you out. Yeah. And some of our members – uh, it's been about 15 years now. I mean, they send we send packages over to the troops. Yeah. You know, uh, Jay Polikoff and he leads the. They you know we they, people donate money at uh, meetings. Richie uh, will have a 50-50, and a lot of times you know they'll put the other you know they'll put money in towards the uh, to the troops and or people they just take donations. Hey, bring in toothpaste and to you know anything non perishables and um, 
some people just give, you know, if they don't bring anything, they'll give money uh, to pay the postage because uh, we send over, yeah, as a club, and I say we, Jay is in charge, and he does a great job, and um, packages, it's been, uh, we've probably been doing it for about 15 years now that, you know, it's been going over to the to the troops. So how you about uh, you, Angela? What would you say? Well, uh, he touched on it. Like, um, I guess the misconception that we're drunks, but, like, um, you know, do we care about anybody? And that wasn't really two things. It never was more evident than January 2nd when the tragedy hit the string band division and the three kids were killed in that horrific car accident on um, a, a, on Packer Avenue and uh, one girl was left fighting for her life and, and widowed at the same time. Every division, every single division came together and just supported. And, 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 and in the history, and I, I looked it up, in the history of the parade, there was never a tragedy like that. Mm. Never. We lost three young mummers. Two of them engaged to be married, and um, and 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 a girl was left widowed, and uh, and and that was like he said, we all come together, and um, you know, and the fact that we, uh, uh, a lot of the um, a lot of the uh, mummers give back to give back, like for instance, in the string band division. Um, we're very active. Why well, was personally, and now I got them very active. We're very active with the Ronald McDonald House at Front Neary. Um, we go up there six, seven times a, a year, and uh, we provide food, and at the same time, the band plays. And I don't know whether Dennis knows or not. Mary's going to be coming with us, so they're going to go up one one night a year. That's great. So and uh, you know, so we're, we're going to. Uh, you know, we give back, too, and it's a misconception. Do they ever do anything for society? We do a lot. So, obviously, you have a positive message. We all know in this room that The Mummers is a wonderful show. It's some of the most elaborate performances that you're going to see probably throughout the year. Do you think it would be better maybe this does happen? Because, as you mentioned, some of these bands have their own publicists and would it be better to pull everyone together again and have one main communication department? Because even for me to get the show started, even though I've been in the Mummers, I know many people in the Mummers, it wasn't easy to find research about what's going on today in the Mummers. There really wasn't a good website, uh, wasn't really... Uh, as far as an organization as a whole, as you and as you said, some clubs have great information out there, but overall, as a whole, it was not easy. Why? Why do you think? Well, here here's an example. We used to have the Mummers Association. God rest his soul, Bob Shannon was president of that for years. Nobody wants, and it's a shame to say, nobody wants to work with each other. Right. The brigades are just worried about the brigades. The comics are worried about the comics. The string and, and, bands are worried short, about that's short-sightedness. It's just the way it is, though. Yeah. Everybody's worried about everybody, but nobody's worried about them. Everybody's a whole. We tried like hell, the string bands, to get that parade back on Broad Street. My idea I presented was let's start. Now, it, you know, it starts in Center City and it goes down to Washington Avenue. I wanted it to start at Washington Avenue and funnel in and up the city hall. That was my idea. Nobody wanted to get behind us. I think Richie Porco was the only guy that got behind us on it about, in the comics. How about you, Dennis? Uh, you know, I, like I said, I agree. I, I think, you know, it, it's definitely, uh, you know, we, we got it. We do need some change. Um, 
but I, the, the recent change, you know, the one thing I could say, you know, when they took the parade out of South Philly, you know, there's there was a lot of, um, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of bad press, a lot of you know, um, going up in the morning. Now, so the string bands, you know, South Philly, you know, was always packed the streets, but as a comic, when we used to go up in the morning, it was tumbleweeds. Yeah, crickets. Sometimes, yeah, you, heard you know, crickets. Nobody. No. Nah. So the one thing I could say is, and Donata, you could probably agree. When now, when I turned City Hall. At, at, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning. Good feeling. They're, they're 10 deep, 15 yeah. deep. I've never, even going back 30 years, seen line, you know, that. Uh, yeah, when we, hit, we used to hit Chestnut Street, yeah, we'd see it like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as a string band, you're used to that all the time. Um, we weren't used to that in the comics because everybody, yeah. you know, the comics, people would be like, oh, we'll get down there by, you know, that 11, when the parade, 11, when, yeah. when the parade was a 14 hour parade back, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, people would say, yeah, I'll get down there about noon and, you know, get situated and we're already home by then. You know what I mean? And so that was, uh, that was it back in the day. So now, um, you know, it's a, it's a much, it's a much more flowing parade that's quicker. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, I, are the. There's got to be a happy medium, I guess, to, yeah. to find what Ann. I, I like the idea that we get judged right away. Yeah. That because you don't have to worry about your, your yeah. costume getting yeah. ruined, walking up the street, people trying to grab plumes and yeah. feathers yeah. off your costume and ruin and, it and, before and you get to the judges. A, and that's another thing i got to say about in the string band division. Got to get rid of this drum or bugle cord the way it is right now. We got to go back to putting the plumes on. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, but the guys in the string bands are going to say, listen to this nut. Somebody's got to jump out there one year and put some back pieces on, yeah. and we got to go back to putting plumes on because the parade we've gotten away from that now too. They go, "Oh, plumes are too expensive." Guess what? Go, go back to it because I laugh. You know, listen, Jimmy May, for in my opinion, made the best suits ever. Now he's old, he's up, he's out there, you know. But he'll pass that tradition on to somebody because when that when you used to see that suit walk up the street and those pants, those pants used to flow back and forth. It was called the Jimmy May swing and the the puffed up arms and then them headpieces with the feathers. It was the best suit on the street. I'm going back to the 84, 85, yeah, yeah. 88. Yeah. Frailinger yeah. and Quaker City and these bit Furco and these bands had them suits. Yeah. I mean, that was it. It was the it was the golden era of mummery. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's going to be need to be some changes. Uh, I, I think that the recipe is there. I think everyone in the room uh, and those who are involved in the mummers know that. It can be successful, and it can grow to probably larger heights than it ever has been if it's implemented properly, and I hope that's the case. Uh, we're winding down, but let's see if anyone can give us a hint of what we might see on January 1st. Let's start with you, Don. Any hints? Well, we're doing a mad scientist routine, so I'm hoping that the judges like it. Judges could be finicky. We did a <laughs> Halloween theme one time, and they didn't like it too much, even though we thought we were great. Um, you know, Tony Sprague, Laura Sprague, my wife Lisa, they put a lot into it, and then other members in the club all help out. So uh, I think uh, we should do good this year. We're going to surprise them with some interesting music, and uh, we're going to do a lot of uh, YouTube and Instagram this year, going up the street. Oh, we look have a out. lot of yeah, we have a lot of younger kids that are kids. Uh, they're kids now, but that uh, are going to 
put everything on social media for us this year. Good. I tried to promote the the B stand, the other stands that are there. Good, good. Uh, to bring us around. How about you, Dennis? I'm uh, gonna go with the uh, it's first time. It's uh, more of a uh, like a casino theme, a uh, uh, jackpot nice. 2020. So it's gonna be a it's gonna you might see a gigantic slot machine. You know, hoping you know, to be a winner there. again, aren't you? We try. We try every year. We try. How about you, Angela? Any well, one thing I do want to say before I say anything about Hegeman. On January the 2nd, if you're in the Delaware Valley and you want to come to the Kitchen Consigliere, every dollar we earn, I am giving to the Palangio Ferry Foundation. Wonderful. Which that's I'm great. chairman of. So yeah. anybody comes in and eats that night, that's where it's going to go. Hegeman String Band, we are uh, a nation in celebration. We're Indians. Uh, it's going to be very unique. I think a lot of people are going to be surprised. Got a new captain this year, Nick Blackford, young man, making his debut. He's going to be uh, he's under the tutelage of John Pignotti, legendary captain. He's going to be great this year. Suits are great. Music's great. Show's great. Hagem is going to surprise a lot of people. Awesome. Well, we're going to cross our fingers for wonderful weather. Maybe yes. sunny and in the 50s. We'll, we'll cross. Uh, 50's too high. <laughs> we'll go for 45. I'll take it. We'll, take we'll it. go for 45. But uh, talking about uh, things that are all wonderful, we have to talk to the last time this year. Uh, Donato would be Chef Barbie Marshall, Hell's Kitchen All-Star, and mentioned as the most influential chef in Pennsylvania by Cooking Light Magazine. She's going to give us uh, what's hot and happening this week. Uh, how's it going, Chef Barbie Marshall? First to for us to hear from you for the last time this year. Oh, but that's okay. It's just really a matter of what is their last to do in Philly this this year. What? But Christmas Village just opened, and I previewed that. And I'm also going to preview a show tomorrow night at Susan Roberts Theater, um, which should be really great. Um, it's the 46th. It's a preview of 46th season. So. Uh, I'll be able to tell you guys all about that, I guess, from my, my social media networks. And I'm also going to the tree lighting at, I want to get the address out for you because I'm, I, I need addresses. Those are the things. At Craft Hall, which is at Delaware Ave somewhere. 901, 901 North Delaware Avenue. So um, if there isn't snow on the ground on Wednesday, Go see the tree lighting at Craft Hall. Awesome. Because Christmas is officially kicked off, even though it, it, it's not the last of the year. It's just for us at Small Bites. Exactly. But we'll keep on biting. <laughs> well, we appreciate everything you've done for us uh, this year as usual, and uh, wish you and your family a happy holiday season and a happy new year, and we look forward to talking to you in 2020. And as you said, Follow us all on social media, and even though we won't be on the air, you'll see us online. You guys, too. Have a good one. Bye -bye. Hey, have a good one, Chef Bye -bye. Barbie. You, you, too. Oh, Don, that was fun. It was fun. We certainly mummed it up as much as we could for an hour. Would you agree? I think we did. I had great, great speakers, great audience, Dennis. Eh. But uh, <laughs> other than that... We could but put uh, I wish everybody that's going to be in the parade a uh, first place finish, especially us, <laughs> and uh, hope to see everybody. And uh, January 2nd, keep that in mind to go to uh, uh, Angela Lutz's restaurant to support the uh, foundation. Yeah, wonderful. Well, we're going to go around the room one last time, 10 to 20 seconds, whatever you would like to say or plug, and we'll start with you, Angela. 
I just want to wish everyone a happy holiday season and uh, hope that it's blessed and safe for everyone. And uh, I just want to put uh, my heartfelt wishes this year to the uh, Wisely, the Ferry, Poandro families, and Nicole, we're always thinking of you. Yeah, I just want to say, uh, you know, everybody have a safe and happy uh, holiday season and, you know, good luck into the new year with everybody. And uh, also, yeah, our thoughts are going to be with all the, uh, you know, the members in you know, the South Philadelphia String Band. Obviously, it's going to be uh, a lot of people are going to be marching with a heavy heart. And, um, you know, especially, you know, just want to wish good luck to, you know, Denny Palandro, um, you know, and his family, you know, this year, you know, in the parades. We're all going to be we'll be with them, uh, you know, in spirit. Yeah, same here. Like the wish everybody happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, whatever your religion is. Uh, it's a hol- it's a season. Um, think of all your your fellow members, your people next to you. Uh, they might not be showing it, but they can always use a smile. Um, thank you again for listening to Wildfire Radio, our last show for the season, and I'm looking forward to January starting a new one. Awesome. Well, I want to thank uh, John Howard Fusco, even though he wasn't on tonight. He was with us all year. Yes, he was. He's the uh, nightlife correspondent of Carrier Post and also uh, writes for New Jersey Monthly. Uh, also, Chef Barbie Marshall. She's always uh, a treat to have on uh, weekly. Uh, we made uh, Taylor's job uh, surprisingly easy in the new digs with uh, just one uh, call uh, tonight. So we're trying to ease you into the uh, holidays. Where he's no- As you know, Don, normally it's five or six phone calls yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, coming in. Uh, again, I want to thank you, Angelo, coming in. Con- Kitchen Consulier Cafe in uh, Collingswood, Consulier to go catering uh, for the uh, string band. And do you want to also say you're watching the Township Restaurant again one last time before you go? Well, hopefully we'll see you in August at Gennaro's at uh, in Washington Township. Awesome. And also uh, Dennis uh, Pellegrino, Mary Comic Club. And I'm Derek Tim of BlueJeanFood.com. This is Small Bites Radio. We're on Wildfire Radio, 635 p.m. You can catch us the following day on all of your Apple products on iTunes. We're syndicated on many AM stations. And you can uh, see us again in 2020. Just follow our social medias. And, and everyone else has said, Happy holidays, happy new year to you and your loved ones. And we end the show like we always do with a joke of the week from the legendary joke teller, Jackie the Joke Man Martlin. Hi, I'm Jackie Martlin, and this is Small Bites. A lady comes home after visiting relatives for a few weeks and finds her husband was too lazy to go to the supermarket and ate all the dog food in the house. She calls the doctor and says, Doc, you gotta do something. My husband ate a half a case of dog food. Doc says, relax, ma'am. It can't hurt him. Nothing to worry about. Next day, she calls back the doctor and says, nothing to worry about, eh, Doc? Well, I hope you're happy. My husband's dead. He's dead? From eating dog food? I can't understand it. What happened? She says, he was lying in the driveway, licking himself, and I backed the car over him. <laughs> you want to joke every day at 4.20 p.m.? Yes. Just follow me on Twitter, at... Jackie Martling, J-A-C-K-I-E-M-A-R-T-L-I-N-G. And I was here for some more bites. <laughs>